Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it's what you've been looking forward to. It's Rain City Supercars, episode 17. I'm Nick. I'm Dan. And Dan's looking at me like I'm a cheese ball as usual, but we're <laughs> back. And we decided that this week we were going to have two special guests. I was going to be Dan's guest, and Dan's my guest. I feel special. Thanks, Nick. Well, you should. You're special. It's been a Your mom week. said that for weeks. <laughs> You're special. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, just for weeks. It's a recent development. You caught that, did you? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So last week wasn't that interesting as far as uh, hanging out. It was just rainy and crappy here, and it snowed a little bit. So we didn't do a whole lot. <laughs> well, and, and it seems like our, as you, many of you know, M Squared Fitness is a big part of uh, Dan and I's life. We train there, and they've recently kicked it into high gear. And um, Dan and I don't have a lot of energy. <laughs> so we kind of hibernated this weekend. Mom and Dad separated for the weekend. We needed to have our own time. But we're still together. <laughs> but we're still together, so don't you worry. I know that everybody worries about that. So um, well, most people worry that Dan's judgment is going down, that he's, we're best friends. So that happens. Um, but yeah, last week, uh, our wonderful episode with uh, Amanda Friedman. And we want to thank her again. She was a wonderful guest from Drivers Club. Yep, we had a really good time with her. We're going to do happy hour as a regular thing and keep up with Drivers Club as they develop and grow, and we are looking forward to seeing what's coming from that. We'll uh, probably be floating from happy hour to happy hour because that woman knows how to party. Yeah. <laughs> we did do some car stuff, or I did some car stuff, actually, this morning. Uh, our previous guest, Chad and Amanda, came over, and we did a little uh, I think it was a vacuum pump of some kind on those things. This is a notorious pump that goes out on the 2.5 inline fives, and he has a little... Uh, it's a rabbit or a... It's a little rabbit yeah. that he dailies, and so... In order to get this thing out from the dealer, they want to drop the transmission. And looking at it, I can see why they'd want to do that. But with some very careful uh, yoga. Well, they want the hours. <laughs> I mean, that's. Yeah. But with a few yoga moves, we were actually able to pull it out with relative ease. Um, luckily, Interesting visual. Yeah. <laughs> luckily, I've got some pretty specific tools that worked well for that. So we did it in a few hours this morning with some help from Chad and Amanda. Uh, make no mistake, she puts gets her hands dirty too, so that was kind of cool to see. And they're both really, I mean, they're he's an engineer, so he's he loves to see how things work, and she's good at working on cars. So that was a fun, actually, really. And fun I found idea. out the hard way, heat's not on trains, so that's not, there's more than those type of engineers. No, but we remember from the episode, she was the one that w made him go out and find the car and wanted the car, and yep. she got that car bug, which was really neat. So yeah. Um, it's yeah. fun, to, fun to see them still diving in, and we were talking about tools and modding, and we'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, our friend Evan bought a new 570S, a gray one, with orange seatbelts that he had put in. It is beautiful. Where'd you get it? Um, I think Newport Beach. New? Yeah, brand new. Oh, beautiful. Yeah, he had had it ordered for a while, and he had a yellow 911 Turbo uh, S, I believe, a 997S that was, again, gorgeous, and he had a GTR before that, so he's quite the car guy. I'm looking forward to seeing it at Exotics this year. Well, we're going to, I mean, we're, we're starting to see a lot of those McLarens here and now we're going to have a dealership. So yes. I think we're going to end up seeing a lot more. I, well, I mean, I can't believe it's taken this long. I mean, do you remember before the MP4 12 C came out and there was the, they were testing one here because they were doing the radio or something and it broke yeah. down on the freeway yep. and everybody was freaking out that that car was in, it was in the, uh, the area, but, um, McLaren is really doing a big push lately. I've been seeing a lot of articles where they're they're pushing to take on Ferrari, and I mean numbers wise, they're yep. really taking them on. Which is and neat. we had a really good time, thanks to uh, our friend down in Scottsdale, that we got to do drive a new 570 convertible. Yeah. Oh man, my love for McLarens is not going anywhere. Well, the funny thing about it is, we we uh, we had one at our event, and and then we uh, had to drive it back to the dealership. But if any of you know, in Scottsdale, the way the streets go, they they have these. What are they called? They're they're like they're culvert. floodways. Yeah, they're, they're floodways, floodways on the. <laughs> so you can't. I mean, not that I would, because I didn't own it, and it, you know we're, we we're doing a favor. But 
you can't get on it because it's like every block there's slow down, put the lift up, go. Slow down, put the lift up, go. Yeah. So you get like to get your foot in it for about a tenth of a mile if you're lucky. Oh, barely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so, but still sounded great. Yeah. That's one of those cars like McLaren has done such a good job and Ferrari does too, but you don't have to drive it fast and you still feel amazing driving it. I don't know. It helps to drive I don't know. Fast. I'm, and I'm going to publicly say this, and I, again, I'll get ridiculed, but that Senna is the ugliest car I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> it so. is. And I, I feel like that, that Mr. Senna, because I don't say his first name anymore because I always say it wrong. <laughs> um, I just feel like his family would look at that and go, what the? Like, it looks like the Simpsons, the Homer Simpsons car. But that's my, I'm, I, I have faith in McLaren. The, five, uh, the, the 720, I think, is one of the most beautiful cars on the road right now, and I think they're doing a fabulous job. I, I need to see a 720 in person. It's growing on me, but I never liked the uh, the way they did the sides on that car, the, the, rear, the lack of the rear intakes. I love the way side intakes look on a car, Yeah, and McLaren's always done such a good job of that that uh, I think they'll work it out. I'm not too worried about it. But So anyway. either way, congratulations to Evan. We can't wait for you to bring it over so that we can play with it. So now it's on the radio, so you have to do it. He's a pretty good guy. He might let me get behind the wheel. All right. Or we'll have to make Kevin buy one. Yeah, but then Kevin will just hurt himself. No, Beach. Oh, we, well, Kevin already owned one. <laughs> well, he has an MP4, but I'm hoping he gets a 720. Oh, okay. Anyway. You know, that's the nice thing about having friends that work really hard in life. We can force them to buy nice things. Yes. I mean, it's, it's, and it's so much cheaper you for buy us. This. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know what you should do? Buy a new McLaren. We'll, we'll hit Judy up. It. She'll make him do it. <laughs> Or if she doesn't have him on a motorcycle here pretty soon. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Well, I mean, today's topic, because Dan, as, as you know, we mentioned it in the last podcast, Dan has picked up a beautiful S4. It needs a little love, but I love the car. It's a 2014 S4 Prestige, and of course, I'm already planning my mods list out. So. Well, and that's the topic for today. That's where that's where I was yes. going with that. It's the fact of modding cars. How far is too far? Stanced is too far. And you should never mod a PT Cruiser because they're not meant to go over 50 miles an hour. So there's my, there's my jack. just love poking that bear. I do. I do. I do. I do. I do. Because, and I'm going to, I'm going to keep the name off the, off, off the podcast, but I think the person I'm jabbing at takes it well. That's what I love. So, He's a good guy. Yes. He just got a new uh, Grand Cherokee diesel this week, actually, oh, which is nice. awesome. Nice. I love diesel anything SUV, so I was good. Uh, congratulations to Well, and as, as our listeners know, you and I are definitely looking forward to the new diesel Wrangler. When That's it comes right. Out, so. Exactly. Absolutely. So um, tell us a little bit about this car. We didn't go into it much about where you got it, what happened, what the deal. Yeah, so I picked it up from a good friend of mine, uh, Vivian, over at Bellevue Audi. Uh, I had kind of had my eye on this car for a while. And I had been watching it drop in price and drop in price. And when I went to look at it, it was pretty obvious why it hadn't quite sold. The rhinestone bedazzling we oh, talked that's about. That's right. The previous owner rhinestoned the, the front and rear badges. I mean, it sparkled. It sparkled well. You were a special pony looking in that car. Yeah. <laughs> Princess Sparkle is Princess Sparkle pony, yeah. Yeah, so... Uh, and it's got a few little door dings here and there. It's not CPO, but it's perfect. It's got brand new brakes that runs perfectly. It's still under warranty. It's just not a CPO car because it's uh, got a few little things here and there. And I, I mean, little things. I mean, just a few door dings here and there. Somebody traded it in at the uh, the Ford dealership Ford dealer, of all but places. It's also, AutoNation. So I had it moved to Bellevue Audi. And yeah, but I'm still. I don't understand. A person goes. You know what I should do with my Audi? I should buy a Ford. <laughs> Maybe a Shelby GT350. Uh, okay, okay. I'll, I'll give you that one. Yeah. Given the uh, the rhinestone, uh, the bedazzled badge, I'm going to say it probably wasn't a Shelby. No, but no. Whatever. But it, it, I will say this. like Dan sort of tricked me 
when he, he, he said, he said, I need you to come over and pick me up there. I got to drop a car off. Cause we have a, a good friend that that's one of the master techs at Audi. He pulls up in this car and I'm kind of grinning from ear to ear and he goes, Oh, you want to drive it? Yeah. <laughs> those seats in that car are some of the most comfortable seats. And now I think those are the same seats that are in Jason's RS4. Just about. They're almost exactly the same. And they are so comfortable. Yeah. Like, it's, it's a great, a great car, car. All the and time. And this is coming from me, who's, I mean, BMW is for life, and, you know, Audi is, is a bad word, but, you know, it's, but it's a four-letter word. Uh, <laughs> so that just worked. But um, it is a wonderful car. So you, you found this deal. Vivian found it for you. Um, yeah, kind of it, was, the... it, it was kind of at the end of their, their life cycle of holding on to cars before it goes back to auction. And okay. I, had it, I had it checked out at Audi, and my buddy there is like, yep, it's a good car. It's got a few little cosmetic things here and there, but other than that, it's great. And so I bought it, and I love it. Um, ten seconds later, you started buying things to modify it. Yes. <laughs> Which brings us to this episode. We have a lot of friends we were talking to. Our, our trainer, Ricky at the gym, who did a great job of absolutely kicking our ass today, is getting into the truck world, or off-road world, actually. She's looking at a Jeep. She wants to get into wrenching cars. And it brought us to the kind of the idea of, maybe we should do an episode about the right way to mod a car. Because as we've well, learned... What we believe is the right way to mod a car. Well, I think we've got, yes, we've got a lot of experience in this too. And we've definitely done the wrong things. We've talked about that in other episodes and we've talked about. <laughs> we've got a lot of experience doing the wrong things. Yes. Right. And it costing us a lot of money. Yeah. And I think there's enough of an audience out here that knows if you do things in the wrong order, it is detrimental to your build and it will set you back and cost you a lot more than you could expect. The number one being adding power, the worst thing you can start off with if you haven't done everything else. So I mean, Nick has the never-ending project of the Triumph. I have the never-ending project of the Cruiser. And we've got people just starting on their own projects. So why not do a podcast? Well, the one thing that, and Dan and I have spoke about this, that, that's always come up to me is the people that, and Dan's very good at this and I'm not. And that's, Dan, when he, when he starts a project, he orders all the parts and then they all come in. And then Dan puts the parts in the car. Nick, you know, Nick's, a perfectly good example is when I put halos on my car. So I put the halos on my car and then I realized that I needed new gaskets for that so then i ordered new gaskets and then i realized i needed new lenses so i ordered new lenses so i mean i took off the lenses and the gaskets like four or five times the smart person would have ordered everything waited for it to come in and then done it you know and i'm doing this on kelly's truck here in a few weeks a good friend of ours uh, kelly heath has a newer it's a 2013 f-250 and it doesn't have projectors. It's his is a work truck. Yeah, his yeah. Is a, his is a working vehicle, but he does a lot of he works all hours of the day because he's a builder and he needs better headlights. Well, the only proper way to do that, okay, bulbs is not the answer. By the way, no. we are going to retrofit some projector HIDs into it, and in order to do that, we have to pull the headlights, put them in the oven, pull apart the seals, and then they have a, an easy to install kit. It's actually you don't even have to do any cutting like on a lot of a lot of other lights. Is there a lot of wiring that has to be done? To, to put uh, the... It's all plug and play now. Oh, like, nice. You can go to HID Kit Pros or any of the other ones. They're I just... didn't know you had to bake his lights. I've done that before, and it's not worked out well. But Yeah, so I've got pretty specific instructions, and watching it online and talking to guys, it doesn't look that difficult as sure. long as you're patient. Yeah, and the oven's at the right temperature. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so we are going to go through the step-by-step. You got your car. What are you going to do? What's your project goal? We're going to get you in the right order, and I think uh, – I think this is what a lot of, especially younger listeners, need to hear before they make big mistakes like I did. Well, I, and I think you brought it up already. I think the first thing that needs to be done when you're buying a car, brand new or used, is you need to have it inspected. 
Yes. In fact, I was telling Ricky today, she was, she's looking at a Jeep somewhere, and I said, if you're going to have it inspected, have it inspected outside of where it lives. Outside, because yeah. you never know who, if, if, if he knows Bob the mechanic down there, and Bob's like, oh, yeah, everything's great. <laughs> yeah. So, so inspection is the first thing, you because that will give you a baseline of what's wrong with the car and what's not wrong with the car and what needs to be fixed and what doesn't, just to be able to make it drivable. Yeah. Uh, dealers are actually pretty good at that, depending on the tech you get. My Audi, I'm extremely confident in my technician, so I have nothing to worry about there. For off-road vehicles around here, we are extremely lucky. Go see the guys at Mule and Issaquah. Yeah. Like, I, I, their level of knowledge of anything off-road blows my mind, especially Toyota or Jeep, especially or even Dodge, actually. They're big AEV guys, and they're big into the Toyota scene. Everybody knows them there. So well, and and they bring an aspect to it that I've always said too. Like when I've bought cars or had a car a car inspected, and I I looked at buying a lot of cars and had them inspected, and it didn't pass. Yeah, I always ask to talk to the tech. Yes, because when you have a car inspected and then the guy up, you know, Bob up front looks at the list and goes, "Well, it's all fine." I want to I want to talk to the tech because I feel like the tech, if, if you know. Throw them an extra five bucks and go. I want to have a. I want to have a conversation. Actually, as somebody who worked used to work in the body shop biz, the best thing you can possibly do if you're ever getting your car worked on, you want to be the guy they can't wait to see, and that means honestly, bring donuts. Yep. You will make them so happy because even if the guy at the shop isn't eating donuts because he's on a diet or whatever, you will make everybody in that shop your favorite person. Bribery works. Yes, it does. It also works with Dan and I. So it if does. you see us in public, give us donuts, but don't tell Ricky. Yes. Before we get into this extensive list, Dan, why don't we take a quick break uh, with a message from our sponsor. Hey everybody, this is Dan from Rain City Supercars. Rain City Supercars is brought to you by M Squared Fitness, personalized fitness and personalized performance. Nick and I are both members at M Squared and can personally testify to the great results. You can find M Squared Fitness at m2-fitness.com or on Facebook or Instagram at m2fitnessredmond. Mention Rain City Supercars and get your first visit free, but remember you've got to mention Rain City Supercars. All right, we're back, and uh, Nick and I are going to go down a very extensive list on things you want to do to a car for mods or whatever, but in the proper order, and we've got a pretty good list here, so Nick, why don't you go ahead and start? Well, the first thing, <laughs> I'm laughing because we, we, we did an outline for this, and we said baseline, fix it all. <laughs> yeah, and that's it seems vague, but yeah, the first thing you want to do is fix the pre-existing condition problems that affect the mechanical reliability of the car. So you might have an older vehicle project and you've got a torn seat. Who gives a crap? It doesn't matter how it's going to run. But as we were talking to Ricky about today, if you get into a vehicle that's high mileage or you've got one, it looks great. Like I bought my 99 Land Cruiser. It doesn't seem that old. I mean, it's old, but it's not, it is, it's not like, you know, a 60s classic where you're fixing no, it up. It's a, it's a, it came in pretty good shape. I mean, minus the fact that it was, you got it out of Florida, right? Yeah, I drove yeah. it all the way from Florida home and it drove fine. Nothing, nothing major. Uh, the sunroof had a little bit of a leak I took care of. But because it's a almost 20-year-old vehicle, that means basically every bushing on this thing is shot. It's just old. There's, it's not because the owner didn't maintain it. It's because it, was, it lived its life around salt water in a very dry, hot environment. So every piece of rubber on this thing is cracked and worn. Well, I think an important point that we're bringing up here is the fact that we see so many people around here that driving around with cars that have obvious problems, brake problems, acceleration problems, and they put a wing on it, or they put the money into tinting it, or they put new headlights on it. Fix the vehicle to make it drivable and, and, and good first, and then put the money into doing aftermarket modifications. Right. And if you're going to do a long-term project, if you're going to buy a car and flip it, 
then that's a whole different story. If you're buying a car because you're going to keep it, then you upgrade as you go. So if you're going to do, I, I need like, for, for instance, right now, my rear upper and lower control arms on that vehicle have bad bushings in them and they're press in, press out. Oh, on the Land Cruiser, on not the Land on the Cruiser. outer. Okay. Yeah, on not the, on the Audi, yeah. uh, on the Land Cruiser. So uh, I went with some metal tech, they call them Johnny joints, which are s- solid spherical bushings. Um, on the street, those are going to be squeaky and kind of loud. But if you want a little more articulation and you want something that you can literally ram into a rock, then that's what you want to do. And I'm building this thing with a purpose. So upgrade as I go. It's going to cost me. I mean, actually, it's funny. The Toyota OEM ones were actually less money, I think, than the Metal Tech ones. Well, and I will say this. The, the front bushings you put in there definitely squeak. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like somebody trapped a mouse in their squeak. But again, it's you're driving it on the streets. I don't expect it. Yeah. Once, once you get off road and you up in the, I mean, you don't hear it, but and that I've, yeah, that brings me to another point though. As you're doing this, is when you're doing these upgrades, if you look at upgrades as an all around upgrade, like oh, this is better for everything. Chances are there's it's it's usually you're gaining and losing something. If you want brake pads, brake pads that don't dust or squeal, you're probably not going to get as much initial bite. They might not work in the cold as well. Think about that kind of stuff. What are you trading by going to a super heavy-duty part? Oh, my engine mount's bad. I'll use energy suspension polyurethane. Well, your car's probably going to shake quite a bit more for one. <laughs> it's going to take that vibration and send it right into the cab. Exactly. Well, I mean, it's important. And I always say you want to start on the, uh, start on the, on the ground and come up. Like, tires and wheels are the first things that most people modify. Yep. And I always tell people, I say, look, if you need tires for your vehicle, that's a safety thing get tires because so many people go oh i'm gonna buy wheels and tires okay but if you've got bad tires you're putting me at risk right (laughs) so i mean tires are important and and don't go cheap you know i've done a ton of business with discount here and on the east side and they've treated me fabulous that being said there's many people that that don't like them les schwab's good too these these places are built to help you and make sure that you get the right tire for your vehicle and are safe safety is the is the main key here yeah, I want to bring up something about tires that kind of ticks me off with my Audi. And I knew this going into it. This is no fault of, of them. This is what a lot of dealers do when they're trying to save money on a car that needs new tires. They're going to put the cheapest thing they can that fits on there. Okay, I have. I think they're like Fusion brand or something awful on there. And they well, have, A lot of the writing's not even in English. So, yeah, they're somewhere <laughs> like that. Yeah. They're a tire that even... I mean, I, I didn't buy this. It's. It can, I guess it's technically considered somewhat of a performance car. But I, I didn't buy it to go do track days or anything like that. But these things, just for testing, I wanted to see how they give and how they handle. They are rock hard. So they go from grip, 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 no grip at all, zero, it's gone, I'm on ice. They are, there is no transition there. They're like one and a half star rated tires. Like, why are these things even made? That's how you got them put on the vehicle for free. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So my first mod to the Audi that's not, uh, well, take it back. My first mod to the Audi was to get rid of that stupid bedazzled <laughs> emblem and grill. Oh, yeah. Dan and I, as we said, uh, we took the front bumper off his car several times and um, <laughs> yeah. um, redid the, put the RS4 grill on there. Yep. Yeah. But the tires are a safety thing. So I'm going back and forth. I've got a buddy of mine who works for SP Engineering and get me some deal, uh, get me a deal on some 19-inch Vorsteiners. So I'm probably going to do wheels and tires in this case and, and keep the 18s for winter tires. Yeah. But it's just a better of a package deal. Um, a little trick for those of you who want to buy tires that still works. I'm kind of surprised more people don't do it. If you buy tires from Discount Tire Direct online, not DiscountTire.com, but Discount Tire Direct, they will ship them to your door for free, no tax, and Discount Tire will put them on for free. So you're not paying any of the sales tax on a brand new set of tires, and you still get the mountain balance for free. 
That said, if you drive an all-wheel drive vehicle, make sure you pay extra for the certificates because if you if you uh, get a nail in one of your tires toward the edge and they can't patch it, you'll have to replace two, not one. Well, in, in the, the case with like the BMW, when I had a little tire problem last year, a little bit of a bulge, um, I had to replace all four. Yeah, because that, that, that BMW all-wheel drive system gets grumpy, and so you have to have... So I've experienced that. And it's funny because I've bought a lot of tires through discount. And I and I always get the packages, but I don't think I've ever paid for anything else besides tires. They're like, they rotate them for free. They fix, they fix flats for yeah. free. I mean, Les Schwab and other places do this, but I'm saying you go in there and some people go, oh, I, I can do it myself. Well, go out there and learn about tires. Learn about the numbers on the side of your tires. Like Dan says, online discount tire on, what was the? Discount tire direct. Discount tire direct. It's a, it's a wonderful loophole. And if this podcast goes so far that it closes the loophole, that's good and bad because our podcast is getting that far and bad because we gave you bad information. But we have but, loophole number two yes. with wheels and tires. If you're going to do wheels and tires, uh, just drive to Portland. If you can't get them tax-free and you don't need them right away, it's usually well worth it if you've got a performance car and you're spending like the Corvette almost $2,000 in tires. Uh, well, that's 200 bucks in sales tax and I get to go have a trip to Portland. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's not like it's saving you a whole lot of money between gas and everything like that, but you at least have some fun out of it. Yeah, you can burn so. off the tires before you get there. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So, well, and I mean, like, and, and that's the thing, like every time I've put wheels on, on the car, like I've gone up and I made sure that the, the I've gotten new tires and they're, they're fit to that size. Cause a lot of times around here, a lot of the smaller places will put, you see these tires that are stretched on rims that they shouldn't be on. Oh man. I don't know who does that. Like the, I mean, from a liability standpoint, Stanced. Yeah, I understand it's stanced. It's idiotic, but I don't know who's doing these from an insurance liability standpoint. Like, I can't believe an actual tire place with legitimate insurance would ever do that. Well, that and insurance companies are getting wise to this. Like, if you have an accident and they're the investigation, and the police will investigate it, and they will write down there that your tires don't fit your wheels. And you will have a problem. Your insurance actually, company. Actually, yeah, you're right. I've actually heard about that. And you'll get fix-it tickets because mm-hmm. I, I, we've been outside. But I'm saying if you do an accident, and, and, and they write that in the police report, and your insurance company gets a hold of that? Yeah. You can be liable. Yeah, that's true. So still, it, it's anyway. no different than taking a car to a racetrack and then crashing it and going, I wrecked it. And the insurance company goes, No, you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now pay the bank. So, and uh, as we work our way in, like I've always, um, I think we hinted at this earlier, but basically, the proper, after baselining, you want to modify from the outside in or from the ground up, as Nick says, is a better way to put it. So before you go adding pot power, add brakes. Um, I've already done that. On my Cruiser, I actually got good brakes when I bought it. I put in uh, Hawk LTS pads. They have a light truck series that's off-road is actually really hard on your brakes because you're usually riding them really hard uh, downhill through steep terrain and things like that. So you actually do use your brakes quite a bit. But it's one of the first things I do, and it's super easy to do. Well, and especially these kits, like Dan and I just did brakes on, on my BMW. And it was funny because I could get pads. I'll tell the story. (laughs) (laughs) Laughing already. I'll tell the story. Pads were like 50 or 60 bucks. But if I spent an extra like 100 bucks, I got brand new rotors. Now, the thing Dan and I realized is... It's our own stupid fault. We make stupid mistakes too. All stupid fault. So safety first. We, We pull the car into the garage. We jack it up. I put the emergency brake on. We do the front wheels, which took some time because there were some seizing issues. So then we go to the back wheels, and I cannot get the rotor off. I, and I cannot figure out why. It's loose, but it will not move. And we were having, Dan and I were pushed to our wits end, and I remember sitting in the car, and I, and I was so frustrated, I took the emergency brake off, and I heard this, and it fell off the car. <laughs> oh, yeah, that, that's what that's supposed to do is stop that, you know. Yeah, we make stupid mistakes, We suggest too. you do it. If, if you don't have the skill to do it or the friends like us to, that can help you, 
take it to a professional place and have it done. But it can be done, if, if, with, especially with YouTube these days. You can do this stuff. Yeah, especially breaks. I tell everybody, tr look at a YouTube video on how your breaks are done, and you'll probably be shocked at how easy it is. That said, I usually recommend anybody who doesn't have somebody looking over their shoulder to help them, take it somewhere else when you're done to have the brakes bled. Well, I mean, especially, and I mean, I, we had to change the fluid in mine. It was a different color. But if you're going to do brakes on your car, always have somebody else helping you. Not safety-wise, but I mean, it's just, it's important in the fact that, and like Dan said, you should have it taken somewhere after you're done and checked, but you have to get there. And if you do it wrong <laughs> and don't have brakes on the way there, you got a problem. Yeah, but that's not something you should be afraid of. Uh, changing, Absolutely not. Uh, unless you're doing it on, like, my Land Cruiser, which requires rebuilding the front hubs if you want to change the front rotors. Yeah. I, Great I, design, Toyota. Thanks. I actively will never help you change those brakes. <laughs> but, yeah. And as we work our way up from the brakes, it's suspension. And this is something that goes wrong, and people, I mean, everything from cutting springs... Oh, man to bagging cars that shouldn't be bagged. Or let's I see, mean, the, the, the classic spring compressor uh, shooting the shock like through the shop ceiling. Oh, absolutely, yeah. See that one. Yeah. Well, because you can go to places, you know, the auto parts stores, and you can get spring compressors, and everybody thinks, I got this. I mean, I remember doing it on a Subaru Legacy wagon in my parents' garage by myself. It was not a smart idea. No, I've done the same thing. Yeah. I, I, we've all made those yeah. bad suspension mistakes. Getting that top nut off there and making sure the spring doesn't just come through your face. Yep. <laughs> The electric impact is the way to go for that. Yeah. But um, one of the things people don't think about when they do suspension is the the wear and if the effect it has on the rest of their car and their suspension components, uh, especially when they're younger and they just want it dropped and that looks cool or whatever. Well, you need to make sure you can do it for your car. Like when I lowered the BMW, I put lowering springs on it. I could only do like a quarter of an inch because of the all-wheel drive system. Yeah. You really need to make sure your car can do it. I mean, a lot of the, the, the front-wheel drive cars and things like that, you can slam them. I mean, you can do it. You're asking to buy a new oil pan, in my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> but it can be done. You know, it's funny. It, it, the aftermarket scene has caught up and gotten better. I was looking at lowering options for the S4 because I only want to lower it about a half an inch. I, I really don't want to go that low just with it. clean up that, that Yeah, just gap. To clean up the gap just a yeah. little bit. And it's got pretty decent suspension uh, on it already and decent shocks. It's all adjustable. But I don't want to do something so drastic where I direct, really adversely affect the handling. And as I was looking at that, I found they actually make aluminum skid plates for that car for lowering it. And Ooh. I was like, oh, about time somebody caught on to lowered cars needing actual more reinforcement than just this plastic belly pan. Because You've got an expensive engine under the hood. Exactly. And I have bottomed out oil pans on older cars back in the day when they were too low. It's not something people think about, but the, it seriously affects drivability. <laughs> Let alone some of the curbs coming into parking lots around here. I don't know what city planner in this area is like, oh, we'll just, we'll make it so monster trucks can get in here. <laughs> So last weekend, funny thing, I went looking at houses and I went and looked at one in Bothell and I found a driveway and I was driving the S4 that I, there, I didn't even attempt. There was no way I could get up it. In fact, this thing, if I went over it sideways in my cruiser, would have rolled it. And this was a driveway. They had done um, kind I've of a, seen houses like this. a double ledge where the driveway came up one angle and then another angle and then into the garage. So it was like a stepped driveway. Yeah. But getting into that S4, not a chance, let, let alone wow. the Corvette. But the cruiser, like... You would have needed not an SUV, and I'm not kidding. I, I wish I had a better photo of this. A lifted SUV would be the only way you would get in this driveway. I have hmm. no idea who designed this or how this works. Well, a lot of those driveways, that like uh, Benji just moved, remember? And mm -hmm. he was talking about getting his vet into the, the driveway there. It was tough. Yeah, I have like uh, maybe a quarter inch of clearance in my Corvette coming into my own driveway. And it's not lowered. It's just a stock height Z06. And I have a scrape armor on the bottom, but... 
back to our point, if you're going to do suspension, you've got to really consider how this is going to affect the rest of the car and driving it. If it's your daily, I really don't recommend more than like a half inch. Well, it's, it, and it goes the same way on the other side. If, you, if you're going to put a big lift on your car yeah. and you live in an apartment building, you better check the height of the ceilings. Because you're probably not going to get in it. In nope. fact, uh, mine right now, when I go into my garage, I scrape the rubber edge on the bottom of the garage door. It that's, fits. I know. But that's the maximum it'll go in. And not only that, uh, when you lift a uh, independent suspension vehicle across the board, you have to do what's called a differential drop. You have to physically drop the differential so that the CV, the axles aren't too, on too steep of an angle that they can't compensate. Yeah. Or you'll pull them right out of the diff or out of the hub. It's a fun thing to fix. Yeah. Yeah. And I've seen it happen. It's not usually a problem on cruisers, but I've seen it happen. And when you do like a lift on a Tacoma, a newer one that are independent in the front, you actually have to notch the frame to, to get the lift proper, the angle to lift proper. And I know Mule does it for two or 300 bucks now. It's pretty common practice now, but you literally have to cut into your frame, weld in a plate. It's not a small thing. You're looking, I think people get caught up in the, the cost of, oh, my suspension's only, you know, 1500 bucks for this really nice coilover kit that'll be great for, you know, an H&R Street Cup kit, 1500 bucks or whatever, even less, $1,000. Well, to get it installed right, it's going to cost you at least $500. you have got to go beyond looking at got to make the sure kit. you're budgeting for this because a lot of people get into a lot of trouble. You get a lot of nice stuff that's not put in cro- correctly. And you need somebody who knows how to align a vehicle like that. That's a big deal when it comes to... Oh, that's, to- I mean... If you get tires done, if you get brakes done, if you get suspension done, you need an alignment. Yeah. I don't care if you got one last week. If you screwed with the suspension, you need an alignment because it will tear your tires apart. It will tear your under... I mean, trust me. Yeah. You'll just ruin the life of your suspension and your tires if you don't get I've seen some people that have done that where the inside of the tire is gone and the outside of the tires never touched pavement. Yeah. (laughs) Everything's danced. Yeah. You know, it's funny though, my Corvettes. uh, So a lot of performance cars are running a a negative camber. So it's really, really common. My GTR did this too, where they'll wear out the inside of the tires. For for those idiots, negative camber is where the top of the wheel is in. Yes. Yeah. Uh, And it gives you, you know, better control in the corners. So... It has its purpose. That doesn't mean your alignment's wrong. But typically, when you get a performance car, you can actually have it set to like a street alignment, track alignment, or an in-between. Corvette will do it for free, actually. If you buy a Corvette, you can just say, oh, I want this spec alignment on it, and the dealer will do it for free. Pretty now, awesome. Now, does that work throughout the life of when you own the car? Like, Can you order it street alignment, and then you want to go to the track this weekend and go in and have them change it? I don't think every time. I think Still. it's just a spec. They did it on the GTR too. I had it. I had them do a street spec alignment on the GTR because I was putting so many miles on it that I didn't want. They that. should pay for a new kidney for the price of a GTR. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> especially. I mean, the, the bolsters will kill your kidneys in that car. But yeah. Yeah, they bruised mine a couple times. Yeah. So I mean, definitely tires, wheels, brakes, suspension. Yeah. Working our way up here. The next thing a ton of people do, and Dan touched on this when we was talking about uh, Mr. Heath's truck, is lights. So many people go out there and they go to their local store and they get the right and they put a light in thinking it's going to, you know, change the world, you know, and there's a lot of regulate. First of all, there's a lot of regulation out there as far as what you can have DOT wise. I mean, safety wise. I mean, I have some of the lights on my car that they were tented them and I've had some issues with it because there are some officers out there that believe they're tented too dark, even though they're LEDs and they shine bright. It doesn't matter. So an interesting thing about if you have projector headlights, which are. If you, for those of you familiar, the 90s Integras were kind of the big ones to come out with those. They're, they, look, they look like a dome inside your headlight. That's called a projector. Look like have, a cloudy eye, eyeball kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. that's a projector headlight. Yeah. And if you have a reflector, that is the light pushes forward, bounces back off the housing, and then comes out. That's pretty standard on every old vehicle. 
Um, then you have lens headlights, which are the fully enclosed sealed headlights on older cars, but you don't see, they're not even, I don't think, yeah, there are no cars that come with those anymore. None. No, in today's day and age, and especially, like even my BMW, like there, a lot of the lights are hooked up to the suspension where, you know, if the car turns, the lights yeah. turn. And then like on my BMW, I have it and, and the actuator has gone out many a time. When, when the car is bouncing, it, it, it moves the, the headlight up and down. Right. Yeah. So here's the thing. If you do LED headlights or HID headlights in a reflector housing, you're wrong. End of story. There is, that is not the right way to do that, period. Anything you see otherwise is selling you something that's hype and does not work. You're just distributing a brighter beam. And they beam. will sell it to you. And they will sell it to yeah. you. It will make your beam pattern just brighter and blind everyone around you. And you are that jerk everyone hates on the road. That brings up a really good point. Do your research before you buy this stuff. I worked at a small shop in Spokane once, and mm -hmm. this lady came in with a beautiful Dodge Duramax diesel wanting to buy spark plugs. <laughs> now, had she not been a total, total mean person to me, I wouldn't have sold her to her. <laughs> Instead, I sold her 16. Not proud of it. She brought them back. I took the refund back. Don't worry. But I taught her a lesson. <laughs> so the same thing goes with lights. Yeah. Like I said, uh, HID Kit Pros in Issaquah actually is a great resource. They're right next door to Mule, and they will tell you everything you need to know about your headlights. Yes, you can install HIDs in a reflector housing at a lower wattage, like 35, and you won't blind everybody, and you'll get a slightly improved headlight that is a little bit brighter, but it's probably not what you thought you were going to get, and you will be out two to $300 and get a only marginally improved light. To do this job right, you are going to have to bake the headlights, pull them apart, retrofit a projector into that housing and then put in the HID or, Z or uh, LED kit. Now that said, LED headlights and reflector housings, just don't do it. Just trust me on this. If you only take one thing away from this episode, don't ever be that guy. It is, It doesn't work. Your headlights look like crap. Don't do it. You're just blinding everybody and you're being sold something you don't need. And blinding people is illegal and it is a big ticket. It's actually a very fat ticket. Yeah. Uh, the police are not very forgiving on it. I've seen the fix-it tickets. Just don't do it. You said to do the job right when it comes to modding is not cheap. That's kind of a general message across the board. Doing mods right when a car is designed to do one thing very specifically is not cheap, no matter what it is. It also goes with dating men or women. Don't go cheap. <laughs> That's true. Cars are like people. No. <laughs> and that said, for the rest of your lights, uh, LED works great on interiors. If you go too bright, it'll blind you. Sometimes that's helpful, but <laughs> we're laughing. I my... found that out the hard way in the BMW. <laughs> yeah. Like, my... I turn on the dash light. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So brighter is not always better. You actually want to pick something that's closer to like your original bulb. It's just a cleaner light inside. I like the way LEDs look in an interior or on puddle lights like in my Audi. <laughs> I, I like that puddle light. It looks good. When you open I, the doors on the Audi, it shines the Audi uh, four rings and the Audi, it says Audi in red on the ground. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, another co common mod that, and I did it too, is, is LED uh, license plate lights, which look good. Yeah. I think it's, it's a cleaner it's a, look. It's a cleaner look. It's a much cleaner look. Yeah. I'm not trying to hide my license plate. Well. <laughs> It'd be kind of nice with our stupid toll lanes, I guess. Yeah, I know. <laughs> That's why I have the Triumph. Uh, the next big thing that we come into, and this is something that needs research, it needs planning is engine performance be it an intake be it a supercharger turbocharger spark plugs exhaust manifolds yeah. anything anything this i see so many people start here and i'm like oh you just you made your problem so much worse like oh i added this new supercharger and my clutch is gone well what did you expect oh and i didn't tune properly for it why, did, why didn't my stock clutch take all this extra power oh and my drive line is broken <laughs> 
Yeah, so um, there's a reason things are done in stage one, stage two, stage three, and why, like, for a perfect example here. So my my GTR, I wanted to do, I did bolt-on intakes, smaller ones, that you can get two different sizes, 2.75 and 3-inch, I think even up to 3.25 if you go to larger turbos. But the reason they don't go bigger than 2.75 on stock is because the ECU can't compensate for the drastic difference of air that it's taking in, and you will run lean. Well, instead of running lean, the computer will just absolutely flood that thing with fuel. I mean, to the point where it's coming out your exhaust. I learned this while running. No one would ever do that, Dan. Yeah. And so remember, I only had the 2.75s. What I didn't real, and I thought that would be fine because everybody does this. What I didn't realize is that when I went over to Pike's Peak, that much of a thin air altitude gain with that much of an intake change, the computer couldn't compensate. I was running so rich that I went through almost a tank of gas going up and down Pike's Peak. That is not a very long drive for those of you who have never been there. And I'm it's, laughing. I'm sorry. I all I could smell was fuel the entire way. Thank God my car was smart enough to not like destroy itself. But when I got to the top, I remembered a trick. You pull off the negative battery cable and then wait about 30 minutes. I went and walked around, put it back on, and that forced the ECU to relearn. But if I had just left my stock air boxes on, it might not have sounded as cool, but it actually would have ran a whole lot better. So many people put stuff, think a K&N, K&N filter or something like that's going to change your whole performance. I mean... It helps a little bit, actually, but... Clean, clean, unrestricted air going in is good, and unrestricted air coming out is good. I mean, this that's why people end up taking out their cats, which is illegal. Don't do it. Wink, wink. <laughs> and they take out their mufflers, which, again, is illegal. Don't do it. Wink, wink. <laughs> yes. Now that we've stated our disclaimers. Yeah. So, basically, if you're going to modify intake, you got to modify exhaust. But if you're going to modify both, then you probably have to add fuel. If you're going to add fuel, then you need to retune. If you're going to retune, then you need to get on a dyno. It's a very slippery slope. So, you see what we're getting at here. I see so many guys that are, they'll buy one big part and nothing else. They do nothing, you know, they, you'll, they'll, they, they won't read into it. They'll just be like, oh, I got a supercharger for 5500 bucks or whatever, or 10000 or whatever they want to spend on it. But they didn't do any of the other stuff that comes with it. They didn't upgrade any of their driveline components. They didn't upgrade even... It is true that when you buy a car new from, from, from a dealership, that car can take more horsepower. No car company goes, oh, this is a Corvette. We're, we gave this person as much power as they can. Like, this, like your Z06, it will easily take more power. The components will be able to take more power. It yeah, doesn't mean you shouldn't upgrade them. But they, you know, when, they get, when they sell you a car... The components will take about an extra 25%, I think, I, in my mind. Yeah, it's probably being generous, but yeah. About well, but their, I mean, my point, my depending point on the is, car. yeah, upgrade everything. I mean, because everything down the line yeah, to the drive line. And if you go through, like BMW is a great example, where mm-hmm. they have an entire performance line yeah. that adds quite a bit of horsepower if you go through it. And uh, and they partner with Dynan, yeah, which is big in that, yeah. So, but there's a reason those ex- those components that you buy from there typically cost more. I'm not trying to sell them anything, but it's because they've done a lot of R&D behind those. Mm-hmm. So when you see this, I mean, yeah, you can bit and piece these things together, but not doing it all at once has serious disadvantages and will definitely affect the longevity of your vehicle. Well, and, and Dan has taught me this time and time over again is the fact of research, research, research. One, of, one thing that comes to mind is you did a ton of research when you bought your Z06 and you bought that new intake. And, we thought, and you thought, it's for the vet. They make six million of them. It's going to fit perfectly. <laughs> Yeah, I'm actually, that's one of the most disappointing products I've had to date. Uh, and I you had, did a ton of research to yeah, find that. Yeah, so I have, I'm not going to throw their name out here, no. but I have the most popular intake on the market for my Z06. Is it a Weapon R? It's not a Weapon R. 
I missed that. Company. And uh, it, while it functionally works, it does add quite a bit of horsepower. There's a trade-off. Again, what happens is, is by increasing the intake size and not compensating with a different throttle body and a tune, I actually get a little bit of a stumble off the bottom. It makes more peak horsepower. But beyond that, because it's not made by Chevy and fit perfectly to the engine bay, it doesn't butt up against the intake actually on that car comes in at the passenger side fender well and has a specific air duct that moves air up to it from the bottom. It's a really great design, actually. But this thing doesn't fit nearly as well as the stock one. And so getting it in there is an act of God. And it looks like cheap Chinese crap knockoff. Well, one thing I found out, like when I when I was doing my first intake actually on my Subaru, my 92 Subaru, I actually, it was a weapon R didn't make one. So we created one and, and I was, and I, I did know. a bunch of research on <laughs> weapon. If you're our age, you know what weapon it's like weapon R. And then there was a company called APC yeah. American product company. And they were the ones that came out with all the clear, weird taillights, but Alteza taillights, they Alteza taillights. Yeah. You know, but what I realized was Weapon R told me, oh, we don't make one for this car, but we fit one on, on the Subaru back at the factory. So you should be able to do it. Well, and even in every mass produced car, there's a little differences. So it, yeah, it fit on theirs. <laughs> it did not fit on mine. Yeah. <laughs> so and I think that's, I mean, cause I remember you, when you, we actually, you were here and we were, you were trying to get, the hood had issues like closing or something like that on that. Yeah. Product. The, yeah. the air box that, that comes with that intake is so much larger than stock that it actually, it barely clears the hood and it even rubs on it a tiny bit now. Well, and, and I'm sure when they designed that, that airbox, it fit the Corvette that they were working on. Right. Yeah. And I mean, a ton of guys run this thing and they're saying, oh, it doesn't have clearance issues. But then you read through the thread and you're like, there's a million guys like me who are saying the same thing. Actually, this thing fits like crap. And yes, it func it's functional. Yes, it works. But I gave up a tiny bit of bottom end off the, uh, right off the bottom. It gives it a little bit of a stumble. It does give it more peak horsepower. It does rev, rev quicker through the mid-range. If I was doing nothing but track time, this would probably be totally fine. Because you're not stopping and starting. But yeah. I also have a $100,000 car. I want my parts to fit. Yeah. This wasn't a cheap intake. I guarantee you looking at this thing, even if they bought the filter off the shelf and paid full retail for it, probably 75, 80 bucks to make it. And I will say this, and this is this is not a product thing. K&N makes some really good stuff. They do. They make yeah. some really good stuff. They don't make something for every car, but they make a good filter. They make... and, and the. the Everybody goes, well, it's great airflow. They, what I like about their products, and I, and, I don't, and I don't actually have one on the BMW. The BMW has you a dyno. Dine -in. Yeah. yeah. But they're, they're washable. They're really washable and cleanable, which is, is something. So many people buy filters. They put them in their car, and they throw them out. Yeah. And, they, and they, they look at it and they go, well, why would I pay 80 bucks for a filter? Well, it's reusable. So it, you can use it seven times or whatever. You yeah. Know. That said, I... Uh, Different cars have different mass airflow problems, mm -hmm. or not problems, but uh, re re restrictions. K&Ns are an oil, oil cotton gauze filter, they call them. That can actually gum up some more sensitive uh, mass airflow sensors. Uh, I know for a fact BMWs don't take that kindly to them. You know, that's why a lot of companies like uh, was it Burger Tuning offer a dry filter now for that. Yep. It isn't as efficient in airflow as the Canon, as a matter of fact. But if you do the Canon, there's a chance you might gum up your well, mass airflow sensor. Well, it's funny because the Dynan filter that I put on my car um, is an oil and cloth filter. Yeah, it's the newer ones with the new... I got but I'm saying that's an issue. And a lot of these cars with these mass flow air sensors, when you put new, new uh, filters in there, which allow air to flow more freely... It, it can throw some codes. Yeah, that's true. It can throw some uh, codes. A lot of intakes will throw codes. Yeah. A lot of exhaust will throw codes too. Um, that said, one of the best things you can do for any car, if you want more power, is instead of going and just looking at the forums, going, 
go find the performance shop in your area that specializes in your car. We've got Octuning here, which is awesome. They make everything for Volkswagen. You've uh, got Octuning. You've got Cantrell Motorsports for the Porsches, guys. Um, you've got... Mule for anything off-road. Mule for anything off-road. Um, I'm trying to think of who else is... We've a- got Carb Connection in Kirkland. Uh, we got uh, Brad's Custom Auto, who does Mustang and Corvette. Those guys are booked out for like six months. They're so popular. But they can tell you, hey, this is the tune you should do if you're driving in the street. We've never had a problem with it. We know how high you can go. And they can tell you from the start and save you a ton of money by saying, you don't need to do this. You do need to do this. Here's why we do this. And they'll walk you through it. Go talk to the experts. I think there is a certain sense of satisfaction of learning on your own and feeling like an expert, but there's a lot of experts already out there that do this for a living. Chances are you do this as a hobby. They do this for for a living. living. Don't forget Um, that. uh, Again, not a paid sponsorship, but um, we talked about it last week. Authentic Motor Cars. They do a ton of the classic stuff in in Redmond. Um, This area is wonderful because there really are specialists up and down this coast that do everything from lowriders to trucks to, to cars to exotics. Benchmark Motors is another great one to yeah, bring you've up. Yeah, you got audio, man. Yeah, audio. Well, I mean, those guys. <laughs> I remember I, I got a quote from the Maserati to do a, a radar detector, and it would have been stealth. But I mean, it would have been expensive. Yeah. And because they are, they're on the level of like what I what I call. They're above like what I call like West Coast Customs and stuff like that, or oh, like yeah. gas garages. I mean, they make wonderful stuff. But there's there's around this area, we are we are lucky to have people that have moved into the area that have a real specialty shops. And if you are going to mod a car and you want just somewhere to go, shoot us an email. I'll tell you who I know. We know just about everybody in the car industry up here. I mean, we don't obviously know everybody, but we have a much, uh, we have a, everybody. <laughs> we have our hand on the pulse of just about everybody who's coming and going in the car industry here. We can tell you who we think is good. Um, Avance is another great resource. If you've ever had a question, put it in Avance and man, somebody in there eat, breathes and sleeps, whatever car you've got. Well, and something we didn't have on the list that I, I do want to bring up is exterior. And, oh, and I'm yeah. talking everything from wings to wraps to paint. The um, last thing you should do. The last thing you should do. Um, we're living in a world right now that's interesting because when Dan and I grew up, back in the 80s, <laughs> no, um, if you wanted to change the color of your car, you went to Mako and you, uh, you, know, you paid a couple thousand bucks and they painted your car. Now these days with wraps and things like that, everybody goes, or plasti dips. And th- you, can do it, you can do it in your garage. And if you, t- if you take your time and do a good job, you can do a good job. But yeah. it's important to find a shop that one, everybody goes, oh, I can put vinyl on my car. It'll protect the car. If it's not put on right, you're going to have, when you pull it off, you're going to have residues. You're going to have paint missing. And, th- and, th- and, that, and that also transitions into clear bras and things like that as too. Yeah, I don't want to talk about clear bras right now. Yeah. So, I mean, it's important to do your research. And the internet is a beautiful thing in the fact that, you know, all of these things, Yelp is a wonderful tool. You can go out there, talk to your friends, find people that have done business with these, these people, and find the, find the good and bad. I mean, there are plenty of people who I've, I've dealt with, basically, and they've gotten a bad review from one person because it's one, but that doesn't mean that it's a bad shop. Exactly. You a, know? Everybody has a bad day, but almost all of them will make it right. If they, I, Absolutely. Anybody we talk to, they're... It will. There's no question. If they've made a mistake, they'll make it right. APC, Metropolitan, all those guys, they stand by their work like there's no tomorrow. But they, I mean, they're trustworthy. I mean, yeah. and, and that's something, you know, I had a very bad experience when we first wrapped the Maserati. And I, again, I'll leave the name out. But, you know, it was, it was oh, you're a lifetime warranty. And the minute, I, the minute I got a rock chip through my clear bra and I went in there, they went, oh, there's nothing we can do. And I was like, <laughs> Yeah, there's something you can do. Yeah, yeah. I had some of my clear buildings bra- catch on fire all the time. 
I had some clear bar peeling up on the uh, Z06 on the driver's side headlight. And they were like, oh, you must have pressure washed it on with a, with a too hot of a pressure washer. Yeah, because uh, that's something you do all the time. All the time, yeah. That's all totally me. And so, obviously, that wasn't the case. Luckily, the guys at APC rescued me and were able to, to fix that without redoing the whole thing. But I still have to have the rest of the car rewrapped because they didn't do it quite right and wrapped it around, didn't wrap it around the sides inside the fenders. And so, what happens on those is instead of getting rock chips, you don't get those, but you get dirt and those adhesive edges. And because I have a white car, feel. it just looks like a, like a ghost outline on yeah. the edge. I mean, it's not really noticeable unless you're looking for it, but it drives me insane, of course. Well, and I want to say this because, and it's something that Dan and I really have to watch. I mean, none of these people are sponsors of ours. These are people that we have done business with and that we encourage people to go check out. Just because we say something is a great place doesn't mean you have to go there. It's, it's not, you know, we believe that, that they've treated us well and so that we want to share that with the world. I mean, Mule's a perfectly good example. APC is a perfectly good example. Metropolitan Detail's a very good example. These exactly. are all people that are, are car-oriented people, Avants. I mean, how could I forget Adam? I apologize. So, I mean, <laughs> these are all, you know, they're, they're friends of ours, but it's not something that we're, we're paid to say. Yeah. Because we're not paid. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right, we're running along here. So why don't we take another quick break and we'll be right back. Hey, this is Nick from Rain City Supercars. This part of the podcast is brought to you by M Squared Fitness. Personalized fitness, personalized performance. Find M Squared Fitness online at m2-fitness.com. Mention Rain City Supercars, get your first session free. And welcome back. Um, we're kind of running long tonight, as Dan had said, and so we're going to kind of wrap it up with that. Um, you know, these are just, again, suggestions, you know, and, and this advice is worth what you're paying for it. Absolutely nothing. <laughs> That's what well, my father always says, but yeah. I like to think it comes from experience. We, yeah. hope, we hope people listen to it and understand why we do what we do. And hopefully, if you're just starting out, you take it to heart. And, of course, ask us any questions if you have any while you're starting out. We'll definitely point you to some good resources that we have confidence in and will help guide you along the way. Help If you're one of our friends, of course, we're happy to help you ourselves. And if you're not, we're glad to be paid to help you. No, just kidding. <laughs> um, Dan, I want to bring up this. Next week, we have a wonderful guest and a very good friend of ours coming in. Yeah, we're going to have on Chrissy from LeMay. Yeah, she's been a, a good friend of ours for a long time. And uh, we actually met her when uh, Exotics started to kind of work on their partnership with LeMay. And again, if you haven't been to LeMay, you've got to go. It's incredible. Yeah, it is a pretty amazing place. We are so lucky to have in Washington. They're, I think they got rated the number one automotive museum this year. Which yeah. they well deserve. Yeah, but I mean, and you got to think you're competing against places like Peterson and places, you know. Yeah, and uh, it was thanks to Chrissy that we got to get into the Haggerty party and hang out with Ashley, actually. Chrissy was like, come on down, you'll be my dates. Yeah, I have no idea why she wanted to do that, but she wanted to hang out with us, and we, we've been friends with her a long time, and I absolutely love her. But, One of my favorite people. Yep, and she's involved in pretty much every car show around here. LeMay is always doing an excellent job. They were a big part of the Microsoft Giving campaign this year. They always bring out cool stuff. That's, that's kind of part. She's a manager at LeMay, and um, she does she, she she helps plan a lot of that stuff, the drives and the, and the meets and things like that. Yeah, so. she makes stuff happen down there. So yeah. we are excited to have her on board to talk more about LeMay. Who else do we got coming up, Nick? Um, well, we it's going to be a couple of weeks, but we're finally dragging Mr. Boreag on here, uh, March 5th, which might end up being a double episode knowing how close, you know, if, if anybody, if you guys know us, there's, there's, we're kind of a trio. <laughs> Jason and Dan and I kind of come together. Um, Jason is a wonderful friend of ours. He's a big, big Volkswagen fan. He has that beautiful, is it 23? Is this his 23 window? 21 window. 21 Willow. The Stella. Yeah, yeah. Stella the bus on Stella Instagram. Bus. Yeah, on yeah. Instagram. Um, 
And uh, Jason's a fellow Microsofty around here. I know that's so weird. Um, and we're really looking forward to having him because it's uh, scheduling wise, we've been trying to, we've been fighting to get him for a while. And then we've got a couple other friends that aren't booked yet. So I, I don't want to say the names yet, but they're coming. Uh, I've got a really good friend of mine who actually lives in my building who's big into the off road scene and, and lighting and things like that. So, yeah. And I'm guilt tripping a real mechanic on to coming onto the show and telling us about his horror stories. One of my favorite places to go on the internet is a subreddit called Just Rolled Into the Shop. I know you thought I was going somewhere else with that, but I swear it's that one. It is awesome. If you've ever, it's mechanics take photos of the most ridiculous crap that rolls into their shop. Like a customer will come in and be like, you know, leaks oil, it'll leak underneath, and there's like a rod sticking out of the bottom of the case. Oh, yeah. And I, I think you showed me that forum, and so is our friend. But I remember the, one of the best photos I've ever seen was the mechanic was working on a car and opened up the engine and found the wrench of the last mechanic that had been working on that car <laughs> that had it gone into the intake would have ruined a very expensive car. It's like surgery and opening up and finding Yeah, it's, it's like leaving school. a scalpel in your, in your heart. But, yeah. Um, we've got a lot of good things coming up. You know, we're, we're going to start reaching out to people and really getting them on here um, and getting some of the stories of uh, this area out there. Yep. So looking forward to a whole lot more. We've, uh, we're growing. We've got a little better audio and we're hoping you'll join us for the ride. So uh, from Nick and Dan, don't just get there. Enjoy the drive.